Are you, <laughs> are you ready for this? Dude, I'm always ready for magazine. Are you on? I'm on, baby. Uh, all right. Well, guess what? I'm on in my pants. Well, I don't want to see that. Oh, uh, thank now, you. Now, I, I, we're well, here in Cousin Lorenzo's uh, home studio, and what's hilarious is that I look underneath his desk, and there's a giant wastebasket full of snot rags. And I'm like, how much cum is in those things? I had allergies, dude. It's, you been, have- it's been hot and humid and lots of pollen. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. The reason I had... Uh, three-tier sinus surgery was to get rid of allergies. It didn't help at all. You say that it was for the same reason, and you still have allergies. I have allergies. So we both got fucked on that. Oh, basically, every ENT will take your money and not do shit. Uh, It's horrible. And I got to tell you, are you on any sort of um, allergy medication? No. Even over-the-counter stuff? No. Why not? You don't take one 24-hour Claritin? No. No. I just blow my nose. But don't you wheeze and sneeze and get no. really uncomfortable and itchy? No. I just, oh. I just need to blow my nose. All right. Uh, take it down a notch. Right. I get itchy, and, and I, I tell you, I'll just be sitting here minding my own fucking life, and the next thing you know, my left eye is itching. My left eye is itching. Next thing you know, I'm sneezing. I thought I took care of this with surgery. Obviously not. And thanks for checking out the content of my trash can. Oh, I always like looking through people's <laughs> so <I> trash. See. <laughs> Don't you when you Isn't go... Isn't your aesthetic? Basically, well, you walk into someone's house and, hey, let me see your trash can. I tell you, though, I, I do occasionally, not so much these days, but I will look in someone's medicine cabinet in the drawers of the bathroom. Oh. What brand of toothpaste are they using? I'm a little nosy that way. A little bit? Shit. <laughs> I, I should have cleaned out my... All my drawers. But I'm not, I don't go so far as like what you see in the movies where you open up the cabinet and there's all the medications and you're looking at like what everyone's on. I don't, I don't care about that. That's not true. I bet if it was in front of you, you would look at every single bottle. Hey, uh, you're, so you're not on any medications? No. <laughs> Why is that so funny? You don't need Xanax for no. anxiety. Uh, no. You don't take an Ambien once a week. No. Wow. Do you? Uh... You know, it's funny. Uh, yeah, the Ambien I would take once a week because I, I really like to just be put into a coma like one night a week. But I tell you what, ever since I got that damn CPAP, I've been sleeping much better. I want to talk to you about that. A couple yeah. episodes ago, you were just going to get yeah. it. You did the sleep study. Yeah. They said, hey, you, you're in the ballpark to trying yeah. this. How's you have that? mild uh, sleep apnea. How's it going with the big mask and everything? I got to tell you, it's super, super frustrating to deal with because, you know, I'm a bit of a germaphobe. And, you know, they say, ah, you can wash the mask every couple days. No, every single day I'm scrubbing that fucking thing at 5.45 in the morning. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Because it's filled with snot and well, spit. Well, and- I, I wouldn't go so far as, okay, I think I've sneezed in it once, and I immediately uh, ster- ster- sterilized it. Just, yes. Yeah. Uh, but, no, seriously, like, it's, it's just, it's on my face and uh, it's touching my face. And yes, you're breathing throughout the night. And God knows, you may have a, a cough in your sleep. Or you may blow out a little um, activity from your nostrils. Uh, so it warrants constant cleaning. But here's the thing. You put the distilled water in the tank. You pop that tank inside the machine. You turn the machine on. Out comes that clean, pure much needed oxygen 
And I got to tell you, man, you remember that phase about two years ago? You couldn't drive around town without seeing oxygen bars? Sure. Well, you can get a real high just off pure air. Are you finding that you're kind of in la-la land when you go to sleep with this thing? A little bit, a little oh, bit. That's like, cool. Like once that air starts coming in, you're I'm like, high. <sighs> it's sort of like hyperventilating. I mean, I don't, you know, Frank Booth, I think he used a laughing gas. Right. In, uh, it was more Blue like a no- nitrous oxide nox- kind of thing. Correct. Not yeah. Nitrous nox. oxide, yeah. Um, so I, I, I just kind of have my blue velvet David Lynch, <laughs> Frank Booth, Dennis Hopper moment. I'll every fuck night. anything that moves kind I'll of thing. And when you say that at night, does your wife leave the bed or does she <laughs> listen? Is she all for it? What's so funny about that is, you know, do you kiss your wife goodnight every night? You know what? I actually do. Good. Most I'm of so the time. glad that you're doing one nice thing to it, your wife. It's the only one nice thing. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's the same with Nicole. I usually I have I have two rules. Don't go to bed uh, if you've been fighting. Don't go to bed mad at each other. Right. That's the, a good rule. The second one is always kiss your wife goodnight. But the thing is, we get into bed, say, 1030, and she has to go get in the tub because she gets the jumping jimmy legs. So she has to get into the tub for 45 fucking minutes. I can't wait for her because I want to get onto my oxygen and I want to go to sleep. So she'll come out after 45 minutes. Now it's 1145. Wake my ass up and say, I want to kiss goodnight. I got the mask on. So I'm like, And I've got, dude, I've got a hose connecting to my face. It ain't getting her pussy wet. So what she does, instead of like kissing me on the lips like she used to, because it's kind of a pain in the ass to take the mask off, she kisses me on the mask. Oh. It's like you're like in a plastic bubble in a yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. I'm the boy in the plastic bubble. Go around me. So, yeah, it's been a, it's been a farce. Now... It, it, it makes that noise. Is it the kind of thing where she's so sensitive that she has to go to sleep before you put it on because oh, it's so no. noisy? She can't hear shit. She can't hear it. No, no, no. It's only when you remove the mask that, oh. you, that you hear it go. So it's quiet to the other person. It's so, dude, That's she's nice. sleeping better than ever. She's not hearing my sorry ass snore. Right. Uh, and you're sleeping better. I'm sleeping. Listen. Are you less uh, angry, less edgy, less. No, no, never. Suicidal? Uh, no, 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 no. But um, but the thing is, uh, that mask. Once I get it on, my ass is out for at least a good three hours. That's fantastic. That's been the average. Okay. Three hours later, <gasps> I wake up. I flip the fuck out. I throw the mask on the floor. Well, by then she's in REM sleep, so it doesn't matter if I don't have the mask on. Mm-hmm. I can still fall back asleep, right? And, and she ain't gonna hear me. Right. So so. You know, so I'm I'm averaging three to four hours a night with the mask. But, that, but that's gonna give your body and your brain so much more overall yes. health. Yes. You're gonna feel better. Yes. And you're gonna feel more awake and engaged in society for you to be engaged and still not want to go, you know, leave your house and yeah, no, I still don't want to do all those things. But no, I I do. It's taken a very long time this this process, but I do notice uh, I'm a little more alert. Um, I still get that. Do you ever get that uh, three to f- you know three p.m. four p.m. need to take a nap? No. Uh, all right, all right. That's because <laughs> everything for you is perfect. Um, but but I I get that still. Really? Yeah. Do you, do you I, take a nap at three oh, in the afternoon? I I will seriously uh, snooze for ten minutes and I'll be fine. Oh. I just need a Cat little naps. siesta. Correct. Just a quick little siesta. But I got to tell you something. 
and I, I, I'm sorry, I, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling all fired up, but I got to just kind of jump into this. Don't be sorry, you're full of a new oxygen. There's been a significant life change in my house. What? Well, let's just say, and I, I apologize for being cryptic, but I'm respecting my wife's privacy. Let's just say she's in a transitionary period with work. And you have to understand, Lorenzo, for 16 years... 16 years I have had weekdays to myself to do what I want when I want to be creative to make videos to write to draw and you know I have my chores I deal with the dogs I deal with a lot of shit and by the time she comes home I've made a beautiful dinner I've opened a beautiful wine and we spend the evening together however now that she has been home home every day for the past month and a half now, it has been a significant compromise. There is no space or time to yourself. No, sir. But here's the thing. I have to be completely supportive. Right. And I have to be completely flexible because when my wife got out of this place she was at, she was working with her immediate boss who she loved, one of her very best friends on the planet, this guy, Dave. He was the CFO of the company. He was her goad. He was her cheerleader. He was her best friend in the company. Wouldn't you know it? Wouldn't you know it? On her last day, when they're about to have a big goodbye luncheon for her, she shows up to work that morning. She's already, uh, you know, on her way out. So that was a blow. But the fact that she... Um, you know, is ready for her big goodbye lunch, there's suddenly a scream in the office. Next thing you know, this guy, Dave, is in his office on the floor, and they're trying to resuscitate him. Lorenzo, you oh. know this, the guy died. Wow, in his office? He died during in his the office work day. Oh, during the workday, and I got to tell you, wow. it was a shattering, shocking event. So my wife has been taking blow after blow after blow. And these are big life blows. And they're very, very punishing and hurtful. So now that she's been home, I can't be a jerk. I can't be a complainer. Oh, I still complain. Who am I kidding? But I cannot allow myself to be selfish at this time. Right. I must be supportive and patient and realize that she's going through this transition and she's already getting offers. But I want her to relax. I want her to take some time off. I want her to find herself again. She's been doing her Second City stuff, which I'm so proud of. You went and saw a show. She was fantastic. Oh, it means She's a so singer much. and she's an actress yeah. and she's an improver. Yeah. And, uh, and that's all come and back I'm not full just saying circle this. just in the past few years. It doesn't years. mean just because you do that you're talented. Right. She's talented. So she's expressing the, her creative side, which... It's sad and it's terrible what happened right. to her, but in a weird universal way, the universe is giving her all the freedom to do right. this now. Right. But Which, it's, it's incredibly sad regarding uh, her boss. That's awful. Because she's been making sacrifices for me for 16 years. A long she, time. She was a performer and she went into the corporate world and she's like, okay, I'm going to do the nine to five. I'm going to support You're you. You're going to take care of... Well, she doesn't support me fully, but she makes right. a fuck of a lot more money than me. Calm down. I make money. I work. You do. You do. But, but, but well, when you say she supports me... Do you mean financially? A little bit. Oh shit. Well, when you're oh, not. Oh well, I could I could say the same thing about you. That's true. 
I, I don't deny it. God, we're kept men, aren't we? No, we're not. We're, we're, we're men. <laughs> we're making our money. <laughs> it's 2017. But the point is, uh, it's been a very difficult time for her. And in the theme of that show that you went and saw her perform in, the show is really about life from beginning to end, you know, from birth to death and all the shit in between. And I got to tell you, the death of Dave, her immediate boss, this amazing guy who loved my wife, it was crazy because had my wife stayed at this place without Dave, she would not have made it. The timing was insane. I'm talking hours before her goodbye lunch that Dave had arranged. So now we're dealing with the death of Dave. And I got to tell you something, that weekend was dark times, my friend. Dark times. I've never seen my wife cry so hard. Not since, uh, you know, our Lily died. You know, I mean, it, it, she was just, she was crushed. Right. And, and I tell you, it's just been, <laughs> it's been so much work. Wow. Being, being the, the support. And, and being I, present and all being the time. being present and being there for and, her. And, and have her be home 24 Who's hugging me, Lorenzo? Who's holding me? Nobody. As I release my tears. Who wants to? <laughs> Nobody. Nobody. Definitely not you. No. Uh, so here's the thing. Again, thematically, we had to go to Dave's uh, what was called a celebration of life because right. it wasn't a funeral. Right. But it was, you know. But Dave would want you to laugh and joke yes. and remember good times. He wouldn't want people no. modeling and sad. That was the kind of guy. That he, was the Dave guy. was an up kind of guy. What was crazy? Let's just say. Let's just say it. He uh, he was a marathon runner. Oh. And. Um, and he, his heart exploded oh. in his chest. Wow. Uh, so you never know. You never know no. with that shit. But um, so I went to the celebration of life with my wife. And, uh, and once again, all she had to do was show up and cry. I'm the guy holding the box of Kleenex. I'm the guy holding the trash bag that the snot wads. Hey, it's a theme also. Go into the bag. I, I'm taking care of everything. I'm picking her up. I'm sitting her down. I'm doing everything I can. But at this event, this celebration of life, people got up on stage and they made amazing speeches and it was all great. And finally, we got to the photo montage. Lorenzo, his son put together a photo montage of birth to death, the life of Dave Liston. Okay, You saw him, you know, early photos of him as a baby, then as a toddler, then as a little boy, then as a teenager. Then he grew a funny mustache and went to school, got his education. Next thing you know, he's working in business. He's getting married. He's having children. Next thing you know, he's running in marathons. He's coaching Little League. Next thing you know, the grandchildren come along. Next thing you know, because he had a daughter and a son. Next thing you know, he's 60 years old and he drops dead at his work. Uh, I got to tell you, man, watching that Celebration of Life photo montage... And then watching that show that you saw starring my wife at Second City, and it was both about life from birth to death. I got to tell you, man, I've been having a bit of an existential um, crisis. Like, watching this man's life encapsulated in photos was both the most uh, beautiful thing I've ever seen and the most depressing. Because I'm like, this is all a shit show. I mean, you're born, you live, you die. And and what the hell are we doing here? You know, what's it all about? To- so I've been kind of going through all that while I've been home morning, noon, and night with this woman I'm supposed to want to hump 247. But instead, she's saying to me, 
we got to do projects today. Oh, by the way, I'm whipping you into shape. By the way, we're going to start exercising. By the way, we're going to this. By the way, we're going to that. By the way, we're going on a cleanse. By the way, you're going to drink less. By the way. <laughs> oh, my God. It's like you're on a cruise. Now and I'm there a needs, pro- there needs to be something to cruise. do every single solitary day. On a cruise, you but have fun and you relax. No, you drink the, and you eat at the buffet. It, I'm doing the opposite. Could be if the, this is a cruise, this ship's going down. It could be the cruise from hell. And I got to tell you something. Again, it's like, for instance... When I wake up in the morning, it takes me a little while. I like to have a couple, cup, uh, couple cups of coffee. I like to sit on the balcony, enjoy my birds, my hummingbirds. I like to feed my squirrels. Melanie Dark, the guest on our last show, I said to her, what nuts do you feed your squirrels? And she goes, oh, you got to get the raw almonds and, and raw pecans. What did I do? I went out and bought big bags of those. I feed my squirrels, get my coffee going. And then what would I do? This is when my wife was not home. I go to my office, I'd whip out my joint, burp a little hot chowder, next thing you know, I'm drawing, I'm editing, I'm this, I'm that. That's over. Right. Now it's, well, I want to get my workout done in the morning, so you're going to work out with me, and I'm hoping we can start by 7, so you need the dogs done by 7, and we're going to start working out, and I'm going to whip your fat ass into shape. What, 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 wait a minute! She can't get a job fast enough for you. (laughs) You nailed it, my friend. So again, I'm torn because at one point I'm so annoyed, I'm so frustrated. It's all about her. It's all about what she wants. She's putting me through the ringer. She's making me do projects. She's making me work out every single day, like weights, big weight program, two to three times a week, and then cardio up the yin, plus dietary things, plus, you know, these herbs. I, I'm on some sort of weird herbal program right now where I'm cleansing my, my toxins. Wow. Oh, good Lord, So you're sir. working out and you're cleansing and you're dr- having more oxygen. Yes. I don't see it. You may, oh, Jesus. You may, uh, you may not believe this. What? But I'm actually starting to feel a little grateful because oh. Nicole and I were bickering a little bit on this one. Now you're BFFs. Well, I, I'm like... How is it going to be hot if you're my personal trainer? Right. How are you going to want to fuck right. your Frankenstein's monster? <laughs> and she goes, no, no, no. It's, it's actually turning me on oh. that you're working harder. And I am working probably the hardest I've worked in years. How do you feel like, right now? since I had a gym membership. Well, I feel really good, but understand, I haven't had anything to drink since Sunday. And I come here, and you're instantly putting Opalo wine in my hand. I, I'm, I'm very happy right now. Right. But I knew that this was going to be the case. Well, guess what? Sure, enjoy today. But tomorrow, I wake up. I have to take care of the dogs. And by 7 a.m., we are in her little home gym, and we're working out, and we're doing our weight program, and I'm back on the horse. And not that you don't want to have sex, but when it finally comes down to having sex, you're exhausted. Oh, sex hasn't even... <laughs> With the herbs and the sex working out the... and the well, cooking. Well, it's so funny. She goes, I know you like your creative time in the morning, but now your creative time can be at night while I'm rehearsing Second City. And I'm like, well, honey, you are cracking the fucking whip on me all goddamn day. By the time night rolls around, I'm exhausted. I don't want to do anything. I want to sit on the couch and... Dude, I am so into these Netflix shows about cartels. So I, I went through Narcos, loved it. Along comes El Chapo. I burned through nine episodes of El Chapo. Here we go, El Chima. And I just read in Rolling Stone magazine about El Mencho. They did a whole expose about how now that El Chapo is out of Mexico, along comes El Mencho. And I'm loving that. So I don't want to do anything at night. I just want to watch 
Mexican drug cartel shows and zone the fuck out like an old man. But you can't. But but I do. But while it, she rehearses Second City, oh, she but, wants me to be creative at night. But she's not rehearsing every night. Well, right now she's rehearsing two nights a week. All right, so you got two nights of oh, plus, space. Plus she but has... But five, you've got, what do I do with my fucking wife? Right. Uh, Friday nights, every other Friday night she has a show, and every Sunday she's at Second City for a really long stretch. So it's become Sunday that is my salvation day. That's Papa's day. That's get the fuck out of here at 11.30 a.m., and I don't see you again until 9 when you come home and we surrender to Twin Peaks The Return. Right. So... This is what my life has been lately. But we have to say, or at least maybe I have to say, and I don't have to say this, I love your wife. She's an amazing person, and I don't spend my you know, 24-7 with your wife, but when I'm with her, she's really great, and I love being with her. But even when my wife is home all the time, yeah. my thoughts are like you. It's like, you're really great. Don't you have somewhere to go? Can't you go anywhere? <laughs> Do you have to be home? Right. And also, like, like me, are you also technical support at home? Is it like, I yes. can't print, yes. and yes. my computer yes. froze, yes. and how do I do this? Oh my God, and my dude. credit card isn't going through online, oh and I want to Oh, my God, dude. Oh, that drives me oh, nuts. Oh, yeah. I have been that. She can't get her Bose speaker to pair with her laptop, and I've done it 5,000 times, and I keep telling her, you press one button, and that's all you have to do. And, I'll, and my wife has a bit of a, a rage going on for technology, so suddenly she'll just start banging on her desk and cursing and everything else. But it's so true. I mean, I, I, I love this woman so much, and I wouldn't be with her if I didn't want to be. And, and I know that right now our situation is calling for us to be together thrice as much as we were uh, before this transition. But, um, whew, man, it's, uh, I'm glad to be here, I'll tell you that. Well, I'm glad to have you here. Thanks. And it's also going to be great when you leave. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and but, when I leave, I'll be sitting in my air-conditioned car for three hours in the 405 North. Probably so. But like anybody, I mean, I'm the kind of person where I love my friends and I love my family and love my wife, but not 24-7. I don't think I love anybody all yeah. the time, every time. Need those breaks, man. Absolutely. You got to have space. Hey, uh, you need some more Opelo. You know, I actually do. We're drinking some really good wine, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. And yeah. uh, here we go. So we're drinking wine as normal, and um, by the way, we have, we have to say, this is episode 12. Yes. So we've got, uh, we've got a dozen in the can. That's very, very cool. And we also have to have a special announcement, something that we said in episode 11 that we were going to do, and we have something that I spent a lot of time putting it together, and uh, it's basically launched, so you can find it online. You want to say what it is? It's the Magazine Podcast Facebook fan page. Woo! Can I just tell you that seriously, nothing is more pathetic or sad than trying to explain Facebook to Lorenzo. He is utterly inept. It's seriously like working with your 98-year-old grandfather. I put who, it together, though. Who's never had I just a, have no idea what I'm doing. You, you don't, but oh my God, like last week I'm trying to tell you like, okay, so go to your timeline. Well, which is my timeline? I don't understand. So the magazine podcast timeline, that is the... No, that's the fan page. Why am oh, I always from Kabul so let me you? Let me ask you something. If I am the magazine podcast fan page, can I friend people? No, you can't. You have to friend people. You're an administrator of the fan page, but the administrator is the Lorenzo uh, Facebook profile, the Lorenzo timeline. Oh, so if I do this, do I have to do that? Oh, do I have to do this? Do I have to do that? It's like, oh my God, dude, it's not that hard. It's user-friendly as fuck. Not for you. That's because this is not in your DNA. 
Well, it's coming into the modern world and connecting with people, which is not in my, in my DNA. But I was very proud of him because I got here today and we sat down. We, at least we had wine. And I kind of took him on a little tour of things. Uh, this is on his regular profile, <laughs> Lorenzo Scott. <laughs> and I got him to uh, add friends. I, I mean, this guy, people love this guy within... Within three minutes, all of his friends were accepting his I request. I have friends, Max. And, and, and posting on his wall. They were all happy to see him. See, told you so. And again, he, this whole time, he's been... How long have you been on Facebook? When did you start the Lorenzo Scott Facebook? Uh, a week ago. A week ago. In a week, I've been sitting there. Is he ever going to send me a friend request? He has no desire to look at my stuff or see what I'm doing. It's just crazy. Like, I will go and check out, he won't post anything, but I'll go and check out if there's any activity on his page, on his Facebook profile. There'll be nothing. There'll be nothing. But I'll go look out of curiosity because I care. He's not going to look at my shit. I look at some. (laughs) (laughs) He's not going to look at my stuff. He doesn't care about my horror movie reviews. He doesn't care about my love of uh, women in yoga pants because I post a lot about that. He's not going to want to look at my uh, few career things that I put. You got it. It's just stuff you have to do, man. I, I got it. It's stuff I, I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there to the 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 whole barrage of wasting time that's Facebook. But I know I have to. But the main thing is, it isn't about me. It is about the show. Yes, you're I, doing this all. We we want people to, to be friends listeners. of the show to like the show. Is anyone listening to the show? Because, again, it's just us talking, and we still don't have an angle, and I still don't like the title, but people are listening. They are listening. It okay. is growing. You know, it's not growing in leaps and bounds. It's leaps. The bounds haven't happened right. yet. But it's leaps. Word is happening. We're getting a little bit of international right. listenership. Is that Appar- true? Apparently, we have some listeners in Venezuela, of all places. <laughs> yeah. So, hello to everybody in Venezuela. Hola, Venezuela. Hola. And uh, it's growing. It's basically me and you wow. being the knuckleheads that we are, talking right. about whatever the fuck we want to talk about. Right. We have a guest now and then. We're going to keep it, I'm hoping, kind of short. We're hoping it's going to be entertaining yes. to people. But the main thing we had to do is we have to get into the modern world. We have Facebook. And I'm going to say, this is the URL. If you go to facebook.com slash magazine podcast one, the number one. <laughs> Why did you have to say one? Because po- some other person had magazine podcast well that should tell you not to call the podcast magazine but it wasn't that particular url it oh. wasn't a podcast called magazine they just chose it as their name what a weird it was weird i don't know why they chose it but they, why would they, they do that they took it before me so i put a one after the end you can find us yes you can friend us yes you can like us yes you can post stuff yes you can see what we're posting yes and we're hoping you're going to be entertained hey do you have anything right now because i want to bring something up you know what i'm going to open up the floor to you <laughs> I'm completely switching gears. We're not talking about my wife. We're not talking about my home life. We're not talking about fucking Facebook. We're not talking about fan pages. I want to talk to you about the Beatles. What? Yes. All right. So I'm going to be 47 next month, August 8th. In my 47 years, the Beatles have meant little to nothing to me. I've always enjoyed them. In fact, all right, going back to my wife. I remember on our second date, I had this shitty apartment in Canoga Park, and I had a little record player, you know, you could play your vinyl LPs, whatever, and I decided for some fucking reason to put on side two of Abbey Road, because I knew this was going to be our first big makeout section. Uh, session. So we're making out and... And the wife goes, or the girlfriend at the time goes, 
who is this? <laughs> now, mind you, she was just a dumb idiot from Florida who I changed and, and refined. And but made... still, at that point, the Beatles had been around for 30 years. Dude. Yeah. So, so I'm like, it's... The... Thank you very much. It's the... Thank you very much. It's the fucking Beatles. Now, you, you know that the Beatles, Lorenzo, are the world's biggest band. I love the Beatles. I've always been a Rolling Stones guy. But I never fully appreciated the Beatles. That said, you know how I, uh, obsessed I am, my lifelong obsession, with uh, the Manson family case. Charles right. Manson, Helter Skelter, how all that worked out. So there's a Beatles connection there. I've always enjoyed them and dug them, and I have some of their records. I have the White Album for sure. Blackbird singing in the dead of night. Take these broken wings and learn to fly all your life. I can't whistle. You were always waiting for this moment to... Ar- I love that song. Right. Okay. But the Beatles didn't really reach me. And we just had the 50th anniversary of Sgt. Pepper just mm. a few months ago. 50 years. Correct. Well, wouldn't you know it, sir? Wouldn't you know it? Someone, somehow... How did this happen? I'm trying to remember. <laughs> <clears throat> I, I was listening to... Oh, I know what it was. It was the... Okay, was it Revolver? What's the album with Taxman on it? I think it's Revolver. It could be either that or Rubber Soul. I'm a tax. No, it's Revolver. Okay. I'm a taxman. Right before I heard Revolver last year, really for the first time, I had just watched Marty Scorsese's four-hour documentary on George Harrison, which I fucking loved. Fantastic. Which blew my head off. And I know you and I love rock and roll, and we love rock and roll documentaries. So the George documentary led to this anniversary of Revolver. And I'm listening to Revolver, and I'm loving it so much that I bought it on iTunes Remastered. Now I'm listening to this thing over and over again, and I've already decided that George is my favorite Beatle. But how great is that record? It's, it's, it's a masterpiece. Absolutely. It's a masterpiece. Uh, so I'm listening to this thing and I get really strung out on it. Like it's, it's in me. It's in me. Doom, doom, doo, doo. Not just Taxman, but all the songs. Every track is fantastic. Every track is fantastic. And I start to see and hear rather the archetypes. Because I know you've got your Paul songs and then you've got your George songs and then you... Wait, no, that's John. You've got your John songs, and then you've got your Joe, and then, of course, you've got your Ringo stuff. And, and I'm listening to this stuff, and I'm realizing, wow, this stuff is, for the first time, really reaching me on a whole new level. So I posted on our aforementioned Facebook, I posted about Revolver. And I, you wouldn't believe the amount of responses, as if I have been on a desert island for my entire life where I'm telling people, I'm just hearing Revolver for the first time. I'm just beginning to really appreciate the Beatles. And you got to hear this. You got to hear that. You got to see this. You got to do that. You got to... I hadn't seen any of the Richard Lester films. I'm like, all right, so where do I begin? You never saw Hard Day's Night? No. Help? Oh, no. my God. I, that's, I watched The Monkees. It's the reason why I became a musician. Oh, my God. Hard Day's Night changed I, I my need, life. I need to hear all your thoughts. Oh, dude. Hold on. So, so I'm like, this is crazy. Okay, so then uh, Peter Hastings, who uh, is an unbelievable person in my life and gives me work and he's uh, doing great things, he says to me, oh, you got to check out this Ron Howard documentary uh, that he made about the Beatles' first U.S. tour. So we watched that a couple weeks ago and we were really knocked out by it. And I'm like, I need more. I need more. Lorenzo, 
I asked a few people who I know shit the Beatles. Like, it comes out in their shit every day. Wow. That must be really <laughs> like, tough to clean up. A little Ringo comes out inside the strain wow. of the Feasleys. I said, what? Give me, if I want the full Beatles story, what do I, what can I see? Beatles anthology, Beatles anthology, Beatles anthology. I knew one couple who, <laughs> Beatles couches, Beatles wallpaper, Beatles ceiling images, Beatles clothes. One couple, my friends Patty and John, who might have, because I was just going to fucking buy the Beatles anthology. They had it. They lent it to me. And every single night, Nicole and I have been watching the Beatles anthology. Wow. And it, it is a 10-hour documentary about their rise. Well, one of the greatest bands. I mean, some people would say the greatest band of all time. And I'm beginning to finally understand. Now, how great is it, and this has been one of my dreams, to make a record 40 to 50 years ago and you are just now discovering it, and it's affecting you yeah. like it did to the people that did, it did 40 years Isn't ago. Isn't that crazy? Can you imagine writing a record like that, that it just keeps on going on yeah. and on? It's ridiculous. Yeah. And Rubber, Rubber Soul is as good. Yeah. Oh, wow. That, that's your next one. Okay. So, yeah. So, right now, we're at 1964. They've just come to America. They had no idea that they, they had tried a few singles in America, but I Want to Hold Your Hand is... The breakout. Right. So they've just come to America. They did one appearance on Ed Sullivan, and then they went down to Miami, and then the entire Ed Sullivan show moved down to Miami while they were still in town for a week, and they did a second appearance on the Ed Sullivan show. Right. And now I'm starting to see the power, the magnetism, the, the cultural explosion, the worldwide jerk-off to this band. Because, oh my God, they were little boys. But it was also, it was the best timing ever yeah. culturally right. in Western society, especially America, because it was the early 60s, yeah. and it was just all about change, yeah. and they just rode that wave. They rode that wave, So it was, it was a cultural shift, yeah. as well as they grew musically, obviously, because of George Martin also. Yeah. George Martin was an integral He's part. He's interviewed in he, this thing? They're nothing without him. Right. But every single planet that had to align yeah. to make that whole dynamic happen, yeah. every planet aligned. It'll never happen again. I got to tell you, if you guys have never seen the Beatles anthology and you want to learn about the Beatles like I am, go on this journey because, I, like I said, I'm, I'm only still in 1964. I'm only on um, the third episode. But what's crazy is the footage. I'm talking, it goes all the way back. I mean, this footage, it's just, it's done so well. And you're laughing because George Harrison has a goofy mustache. And, you know, this thing was done years, I think it was done in 2002 maybe. Uh, so it's 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 an older documentary, but but still, it's you got all the guys except John. The John interviews are old, but the archetypes Lorenzo are just coming through. Like John is the nihilist. He is such a punk rocker. It's right. crazy. Like he he just doesn't give a fuck. And da da da. Like there's one clip where Paul, who's the lovable baby faced, you know, sweetheart, and he does most of the talking on stage at these gigs. You know, at one point, John goes, well, everyone, please shut the fuck up and let Paul talk. You know, it's like, wow, dude, easy. You know, and then George, he's the mystic and he's the, the kind of unsung hero of the Beatles and kind of the backbone because he came up with Paul, you know, and Ringo, Ringo has all kinds of problems. He's so lovable and weird. But did you know, dude, in like 1964, after the Beatles exploded, when they were running around wearing those iconic, collarless, 
gray suits and had the mop hair. Mm-hmm. Did you know that Ringo had to step out of the band for like a month and they he, replaced him? Because he, he was really sick. He was sick. He was, he was a sickly kid. Yeah. And uh, he's not even on some of the earlier recordings. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. It's not Pete Best and no. it's not the other guy. No. It's another guy. Right. Who went on tour with them right. after their big American right. tour. Right, because Ringo, I guess, had some kind of disease or he yeah. was just sick all the time. I had my tonsils removed. That's true. Peace and love. Peace yeah. and love. After October, anything you send me will be tossed. No more autographs. I have too much to do. Peace and love. Peace and love. So I am on a journey right now. Wow. And I'm loving it. And I'm, 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 it just ties into everything. Because, like, again, that, that kind of punk ethos. Because you know me, man. I always kind of default to punk first and foremost. Like, watching John be such an asshole is kind of awesome. Does this kick in, going back to what you said before, when your wife is there 24-7, do you feel the Beatle vibe, and you're just, peace and love, honey, peace and love, oh, of course I'll fix your computer, oh, we can work out at 7 in the morning. I have to do that. You, but you I, should, I, it sounds like you're not. It sounds like you're more of the John Lennon, like, fuck, fuck you, you. No, get no. the hell away from me. No, but here's the biggest key also. As you gotta to be wh- more Paul. As to why we're doing this Beatles thing. Dave Liston, he was the man who died. He was the one that was so cool to me all the time. He was the biggest Beatles fan. Was he really? Yeah. Oh. And he, uh, Nicole actually, after he died, Nicole found this little iPod Nano that Dave had given to her as a gift with all of his favorite Beatles songs on it. Like he made my wife a mixtape. I think he was kind of hot for it. Excuse me, hot for it. Uh, but what's crazy is that right before he died, he lent me, because he knew that George was my favorite Beatle, and he knew I had kind of this love of George and a little bit of an obsession with George. And before Dave died, dude, he gave me this big, fat, thick biography of Harrison. Oh, how nice. Like That's a, a great like gift. Like two weeks before he died, which I am absolutely going to dive into, because George is just so fascinating to me. And George brought TM to the States, you know, right. the Maharishi stuff. Sure. He got all the Beatles on LSD, which I think had... I can't wait for those portions, by the way. I can't wait till we get to late 60s. I can't wait till we get to the Manson thing. I can't wait till we get past that and the band begins to crumble, because that's the shit I love. But... uh but wow, I, 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 I have a whole new appreciation for them. Well, welcome to the club. Welcome them. to the Beatles Club. Where have you been? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, they, it's, it's, Ringo's the reason why I'm a drummer. Say, and, and, say, say what you... Wait, now wait a second. I want to ask you about that because I was thinking about you and the way... I love watching you play drums. You're an amazing percussionist. But what do you think of the way... Ringo sits. He sits up way high. He sits really high, but the main thing about Ringo is that he's not copyable. Mm. And many drummers have tried for this reason. He's naturally left-handed. Oh. He's a left-handed guy. Wow. But his grandmother, back in the day, he was raised mostly by his grandmother. Mm-hmm. And uh, his grandmother thought, oh, no, lefties. Lefties aren't really good. you got to be a righty. So she forced him to play drums right-handed. Wow. But his natural tendency is to be a lefty. So when he plays and he does his drum fills, where a drummer who's right-handed, like me, would come off on their right hand and yeah. have a certain feel, yeah. he comes off starting with his left hand. It might not seem like much, but when you're a drummer, that's a big deal. Right. Because of that, because his grandmother forced him to be a lefty, he created his own feel. He's got the Ringo feel because of that 
like nobody else has. Yeah. And you cannot copy it. Wow. People tried, cannot be done. Wow. So he's a natural lefty playing right-handed, and he just developed his own style. Interesting. It's in that it just hits his thing and his thing only. They're period. all characters, aren't they? Oh yeah. It was the perfect blend of personalities. It was like you couldn't write a movie and put people together to be the Beatles and have it have it ended up better than. The Beatles. So you think I should watch these Richard Lester films? Absolutely. Yeah. It, when I was a kid, I saw A Hard Day's Night, and I said to myself, when I was about six, I want to do that. Wow. I didn't get to the drums till I was 14, but that was the first seed planted, is wow. seeing that movie. Wow. And I met him. I met Ringo. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, it was Oh, quite, yeah, you have a Ringo story. I have a Ringo story. Let's hear the Ringo story. I had a job. My Lorenzo. Life. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. You want to see my drum set? You want to see my drum uh, kit? I'll give you a... Uh, try to make it fast. I had a day job, and I was working for a video in company. In your bare feet. In my bare feet. A bare feet, it was great, because it wasn't open to the, uh, the public. It was a video company, but it was all just... We made videos for health. But it was all just a very small company. Health, I need somebody, health. Go on. And it was in this building. And right across from me, 10 feet from the door of my office, was the door of a major recording studio. We all shared this building. And I didn't want to be in my office. I wanted to be in that recording studio 10 feet from me. But it might as well have been a million miles from me. It was like a million miles from stardom. I'm in this little office working in this video company and major people are recording literally 10 feet from me. So who comes in to record a record? Ringo Starr. Gotta sing the blues and you wanna sing the blues and you know it don't come easy. That's right. And I'm listening to Ringo track a record called Vertical Man. He was making this record called Vertical Man with the guy who owned the studio, a guy named Mark Hudson, who was a very cool guy, but he was just literally 10 feet from me, and it might as well have been you know, across the country. So we had all this video equipment, and uh, <laughs> they were filming a video, a music video for that CD. Wow. But they didn't have a video player. At back at then, it was a VCR. They had no VCR to play the rough cut of the video. So I get a knock on my door. Hey, Lorenzo, um, I got a video here I want to see. We don't have a VCR. Can I watch this video? I said, sure, Mark. He opens the door. He walks in. Ringo walks wow. in. Ringo's manager walks in. And I'm like, holy shit, it's Ringo Starr. But I thought, okay, I'm going to play it cool. I'm not going to be a dick. Yeah. I'm not going to be a fan. Ringo comes in. And I'm six feet tall. Ringo yeah. is literally four foot nine. <laughs> You know, like they say, all your heroes are wow. like this big. Yeah. So I looked down and I said, hey, Ringo, good to meet you. Hey, good to meet you too. Good to meet you, Larry. You know, so uh, he, we put the video in and we're watching the video and I'm standing here and Ringo is right next to me and we're watching the video and the video is over and Ringo looks at me and says, what do you think? I said, oh, it's really great. Good Ringo you. asked you what you thought. Yes, he did. And wow. he says, oh, you want to see my drum set? And I said, yeah. Ooh. So we, we walk across the hall. He opens up the door. It's a complete replica of the Beatles 1964 Ludwig wow. drum set. And he says, so what do you think? I said, oh, Ringo, it's fantastic. Did what you a say, great... oh, Ringo? I did. <laughs> yeah. That's weird. And he said, oh. Oh. He said, oh, thank you very much. Would you like to see my Tommy Hilfiger underdraws? He did not say that. He basically said, <laughs> okay, we're done. Get out. Oh, Goodbye. get out. Get out. He shoot me out of the door. He Take closed the door. Take your bare feet and your Lithuanian non-Judaism out of it. <laughs> he actually said that. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 that was it. I am Lithuanian. And I wow, that's cool, and man. That was my ring. And he actually, when the CD came out, he signed it for me before Aww. he stopped signing things. That's a great encounter, though. 
It was a great encounter, Listen, totally unexpected, that, and, and that, 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 that was a thrill. He asked you what you thought was great. He did. He did. It was a big thrill. Have you ever seen um, Caveman? I did. Yeah. I did see Caveman. Well, that's like one of the first movies that came to Z Channel, and that's I would right. watch that all the time. Yeah, that was great. Ringo was the star of and, Caveman. And that, that's where he met Barbara Bach. Yes, and have you ever seen the uh, Bee Gees Sgt. Pepper's movie? Uh, I did, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did. Did you ever see 200 Motels with Frank Zappa? No. Because he's in that, too. Ringo is? He is. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a weird movie. It's kind of a waste. It's not a waste, but it's just, it's very disjointed. It's very cool. I, mean, I know I, it's a cult I'm movie, I'm a big though. Zappa fan, oh, but I know. anyway, it, it's, it's kind of hard. It's, it's all over the place, and you got to just sort of go with it. But Well, welcome to the Beatles world. You have uh, quite, you. quite the hill to Thank climb. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I look much. forward to exploring more of this world. Well, Max, this was really enlightening and kind of sad and kind of great. <laughs> <laughs> it's always kind of sad. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a combination of sadness and greatness and, and stupidity. Yeah. Um, great to see you, as always. Any final thoughts for episode 12, leaving on a, on a, on a Beatles high? <laughs> uh, no, I just, uh, I hate summer. I hate heat. I'm taking about two or three cold showers a day. Uh, I can't go to bed stinking from a summer's day. But you're getting lots of oxygen, and you're going to bed kind of high. Yeah. Do yeah. you go to bed with a Beatles song? Uh, no. Like uh, a sexy Sadie or something to get you in the mood while you put your I mask on? I gotta tell you, though, uh, what is the one Beatles song that knocks me the fuck out? I what know. is it? It's been a long, long, long time. I just think of Spawn Ranch and the Manson family and all that shit. And that but gets I, you off? Well, it kind of turns me on a little bit. But yeah, I get real into that. And, uh, ooh, uh, it doesn't matter. Anyhow, so, yeah, uh, I need to take more showers. <laughs> and on that note uh, don't you have to go to bed clean uh, I, I do like I don't like being sticky I do like actually I take most of my showers in the evening and I wash off the day yeah. and my skin's all nice and fresh I hate being sticky do you put deodorant on before you get into bed or do you just uh, let yourself let the pores breathe a little bit no I actually put on deodorant yeah. I don't like the underarm stick yeah. when I'm sleeping yeah right right you same, know, yeah, same. I, I like to be as smooth and as unsticky same, as possible same, same. nothing's worse when like, you're kind of sweaty yeah. and you're turning and you're trying to get comfortable and you really can and you're yeah. sticking to the sheets and I hate that yeah and seriously, like, it's very rare that I don't take a shower before I go to bed. But if I do, I still do a cleanup. And I tell you, man, those disposable booty butt wipes that you just throw in the bin, I will use those just to wipe under the pits, wipe my bean bag, uh, wipe off my shaft. Because it's like an insta-bath. It's not quite the whore's bath that Matthew Broderick uh, pulled in, um, oh, what was that movie? <laughs> you just ruined the entire episode for me. Everything was fine! What's that movie with Tracy Flick? That Alexander... Oh, forget it. Max. I know. I go take a shower. Go breathe some oxygen. And you Matthew know Matthew Broderick is squatting in the tub and he's watching his... Uh, election! Election. Yeah. That's right. Watch election. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Beatles. Welcome to showers. Welcome to oxygen. And uh, I hope that next time I see you, you're oxygenated and much less sticky. Salute. Hey, I am toning up though, muscular. You look pretty good. Don't say, it, is, don't say it. You look pretty. Yeah, I don't need to do. hear what you think of how well, I look. I, you look pretty good. You look pretty good. Fuck, fuck you. Your wife needs six more months with you. I just want to jump off a building. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you next time.